Welcome to the Tech of Business show. I'm your host, Jamie Slutsky. And on this show, we are exposing the technology that runs growing and thriving businesses today. From smart and innovative to nuts and bolts, there is no tech stone unturned. Now it's time to talk tech and let's get into today's episode. Welcome to the Tech of Business podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Slutsky, and today I have with me Jessica Wayman. I think that this episode is one of those episodes that doesn't need a whole long introduction. So we're not going to do that. Instead, I am going to ask, can you, after you finish listening, hop on over to Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star rating and a review for the podcast. That would mean the world to me because... There are some things that Apple Podcasts looks for and they are kind of like sparks. They are kind of like when there's a whole flurry of activity, Apple Podcasts takes notice. So that's why I'm asking for a concerted effort after you listen to today's episode. Thank you so, so much. In addition, remember callwithjamie.com. That is the link that you can jump on anytime you want to give me your feedback. Let me know what's working for you in tech, what you want more of on the podcast, what you want less of on the podcast, as well as where you'd like to see me hanging out more, doing more within email and within social media. There is absolutely no pitch going on whenever we're on one of these calls. So go to callwithjamie.com, C-A-L-L-W-I-T-H-J-A-I-M-E.com and book call with me. There's, you know, it's a win-win situation. Another thing that is an absolute win-win situation is when you share podcast episodes with your friends. They win because they get to listen. You win because you help them provide some value and of course, my guests and I win because our message comes to more ears. With that, let's jump into the episode with Jessica. And don't forget, I would be honored if you would take a couple of moments and leave a review. Jessica, welcome to the Tech of Business podcast. I am really excited about this conversation. Oh my gosh, Jamie, I'm so excited to be here. This is awesome. Yeah, it's so funny because you and I met through a Facebook group and then we uh, went to a Facebook Messenger conversation and we were talking about something kind of unrelated to what we're going to talk about today on the podcast. But I said, I like you. I want to bring you onto the podcast so that we can just bring more of what you have to say and your thoughts and your theories to the tech of business audience because everybody who's listening right now has bought into courses, has bought into masterminds, has bought into programs that are delivered in an online capacity. And there's a lot of overhead that goes into using those courses and fully taking advantage of the groups and fully taking advantage of everything that you want to learn and feel like you can learn it when you're running a business. So it's... It's a lot. And I mean, I know the tech is confusing sometimes and people are like, I don't know how to access it. And that might be their reason why they don't end up following through or a number of other reasons. But I think that let's break it down. Let's just kind of, first of all, I would like for you to introduce yourself and then let's break it down into kind of what you're seeing in this online landscape that people are buying into. 
<laughs> well, yeah, um, I am a professional student, so I have a pretty big background related to education, um, not only as a student, but also as a, an online professor for nearly 10 years. So coming from that education background into the coaching space, into the online learning space, into digital marketing, funnel building, Facebook ads, all of that techie stuff too, um, I just feel that it's a perfect fit that I got to talk to you. So I'm so excited about that. But yeah, I mean, the world online with online business is really changing and people have so much information and it can become very overwhelming, whether that's with a tech um, tool or a course. There's just so much to consume and oftentimes we don't get through them for one reason or the other. Maybe we just want to learn all the things, so we buy all the courses. And I'm also one of those people that I purchased and have gone through just about all of them, 50 courses in the last four years. Um, as you can say, that's a pretty sizable investment in my business. And going through that experience, I discovered that um, I had too many options for learning and too many things to go through. And that's why I created a mastermind and group program around those people that have course addiction. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually call it course rehab. It's not another course. It's a positive intervention. <laughs> and I do have experience working in mental health as well. So there are 12 steps to the program. And I make sure I get you out of your own way because that really keeps you stuck. And it keeps you trying to find the magic bullet with anything online that's going to make your business take off. And it's like, oh, maybe I should get that landing page software or maybe I need that email marketing system. And there is not really one magic bullet in tech or otherwise that's going to propel your business forward. Um, I think the one thing that gets in your way is fear. And um, yeah, fear of success can be kind of scary. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Yeah. Yes, fear of success and fear of missing out. You know, FOMO, yeah. you know, it's really funny that you, you say that, you know, we buy these courses for all the best reasons or and as a listener right now you may be saying well I'm creating a course what if I'm just adding to the noise that's something that as somebody who works with a lot of course creators as long as you are really really clear who your target audience is you have a better chance of them accepting and completing and going all the way through the course. We're not talking about that. We're talking about those really big, I mean, for the most part, the really big mass marketed uh, courses that are for flagship type software. Those are the ones that I find aren't targeted enough for people to be able to fully take action on. So they may go in and be like, oh, well, I know this and I know this. So they go through and skip through the first couple of modules and then they skip and they go to module nine. Module nine or like three modules before the end and then they're overwhelmed and they put it back on the virtual shelf and never look at it again. And mm -hmm. maybe it was Module seven for them that would have been the trigger, that one piece from that course that they would have that would have propelled their business forward. I don't know what you're thinking, but um, what are some of the ways that you know that help people create good courses and also complete good courses? Well, I have to say I do have a phenomenal teacher. Um, I don't know if I can mention her if you want me to, but 
Lindsay Padilla of Build a Better Beta. So I just want to jump right in here before Jessica gets back in and let you know that Lindsay Padilla is going to be on the podcast in just a couple of weeks. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast right now if you haven't subscribed already so that you can get the full interview with Lindsay. Okay, now back to Jessica. She actually teaches a system that allows you to create your course in a way that isn't overwhelming. Um, if you haven't joined, we'll be sure to include the link in the show notes because it's amazing, it's life-changing, and <clears throat> excuse me, and it doesn't actually cause you to go into overwhelm when you're creating your course. It helps you to go through the process so that you don't just start it and end it. And with course rehab, I'm not saying like, oh, it's because there's a bunch of bad courses and you should never buy another course again. I, like I said, I've purchased 50 of them, if not more. And courses are extremely valuable, but you have to be able to, number one, time block and get through them on a schedule as if you were going to school. Um, make it part of your job to learn and then implement. It's not just learning and then letting it sit there on the digital shelf. Um, but yeah, build a course. If that's in your goals for your business and you know that you can reach your people, get clear in your messaging, who you're serving and the outcome that they're going to receive and just put it out there. It may not do well the first time around, but as you're building your business, you know that you have to tweak and you have to just keep going. Yes. Don't give up. Yes. Yeah. No, that, that's really valuable. And I'm going to say this because I am all about the technology. Don't let the technology get in your way of creating or consuming. You know, it's on both sides of things. If you are signed up for a course and you lost your password, send a note, say, hey, where's my password? There's no shame in that. I would rather send someone their password or a password reset link 17 times and for them to have success after that 17th time than to see that they didn't log in. So just remember that as a, as a course consumer as well. You know, it's so funny. I, I'm thinking – when was the last time I took a course and why did I take a course? And I'm sure you can think of all these 50 courses that you've taken over the years and understanding kind of what it is that entices you to buy into the course or buy into the software or things like that. What are some of the reasons why you are finding like I mean, maybe there's students in your or people who are in your mastermind who are like, why, why do people buy courses? I mean, we talked about fear a little bit, but what else? Yeah. I mean, let's get into the psychology of it a little bit. Um, I do also have a master's degree in psychology and it fascinates me to apply that to entrepreneurship, whether it's on the dark side or the light side of the force. <laughs> um, you know, we all go through things, we all go through cycles, but I really think that there is a thirst for knowledge, a thirst to know more. We want to keep up with the other entrepreneurs that are out there saying, hey, I'm doing really well in my business and it's because of this. Some people want to become copywriters, so they might pivot and purchase a copywriting course. That's just one example. Um, a lot of courses out there that I also have gone through might be teaching you how to grow your business. And maybe it's a challenge. Maybe it's through webinars. Maybe it's using Pinterest or Instagram. Whatever that is, people are really developing their own college education in a way by purchasing these courses as long as they get through them. Um, so yeah, it's fear of missing out. It's wanting to become more than where they are right now. Most entrepreneurs have really big goals 
and courses are there to support them in developing themselves personally as well as professionally. And um, yeah, I mean, two master's degrees later, almost a PhD. I love school, so I totally get the thirst for knowledge. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I stopped school right after my bachelor's degree and went and did that thing called a (laughs) (laughs) J-O-B. But you know what? I, whenever I had the opportunity when I was working at my corporate job to attend a workshop or attend a seminar, I jumped at those opportunities. And that's the same kind of thing with this new course that's coming out. And you know, I mean, that was all internal. They said, hey, Jamie, are you interested in attending this workshop or this webinar or workshop or uh, seminar? Not webinar. It was, you know, back in the day. But <laughs> um, the same thing happens now through marketing. You know, you'll get Facebook ads that show up in your feed that entice you because they know that you're the right type of person. And I'm I'm a little bit immune to those right now because I am so clear on what my goal is and what my mission is. And But I wasn't always that way. And I mean, I love courses because I love knowledge. Mm-hmm. And so I think also part of it for me is if you're taking a course and your desired outcome is just having completed it or your desired outcome is to implement this piece of software the way that your guru that you're following implements that software. Keeping your goal in mind um, also, I think, helps out with that. Absolutely, it does. I think that there's so much uh, information out there that are from those major gurus, which I love those major gurus. (laughs) I mean, they've helped me get so much more information from my entrepreneurship education Um, but sometimes people think that they're going to get the same results that those people got just by purchasing their course. And what they need to really be clear on, like you said, is their major outcome for why they're doing it in the first place, who they're serving, um, really what they're looking to get out of it. It's not always, Hey, I'm going to go learn this skill so I can make more money, but it very much could be. Um, maybe it's just the knowledge, maybe it's to keep up with what's happening in the industry. But I know that going back to the psychology of it, there's intrinsic and extrinsic motivations to do anything in our lives. Um, We even have intrinsic and extrinsic motivations for even getting up in the morning. So you just have to kind of look at what you value and what that's going to do to change your life or change your business. Absolutely. I mean, I'm thinking about something that I did um, not that long ago. I had someone say to me, hey, Jamie, can you build out this sales page? I have a client who needs the sales page built. And I looked at it and I said, yeah, I can do that. And the reason why I took that opportunity was not for the financial. It was not for my friend who asked me if I could do it. It was only for the fact that it meant that I was able to work my brain at a different wavelength. I understood that I was going to be able to complete something, be productive, and feel accomplished and, you know, and not have to, like it was a really good balance between some of the other strategy work that I was doing and deep thinking that I had to go through. So there was a reason why I took that project. That may be the reason why someone decides to create a course or decides to take a course. So (laughs) it's a matter of understanding. And I really think that calling out what it is and why is really, really helpful. Yeah, and I think the main key to keep in mind is that the world is full of information, but it's what you do with it that matters. 
Mm-hmm. And if you're just sitting on the information, you're sitting on a future legacy that you could create to help someone else create a bigger, a bigger and better life. Um, you're sitting on knowledge that, I mean, really knowledge is power, right? I hate to sound cliche, but it's true. You have to be able to do something with it, whether it's for yourself or for other people. Yes, absolutely. And that kind of brings us back to, you know, why this podcast exists. This podcast exists to help you take the next step. You know, I mean, really and truly, whether we're talking about a a specific piece of software, we're talking about a methodology, we're talking about, you know, clearing the virtual clutter or getting organized online or, you know, time blocking. It doesn't really matter what we're talking about. We're talking about making progress so that you can leave that legacy and that's why it even though we're not talking about using this tool or that tool or building it from scratch or hiring a team we're not talking about those technical details we're talking about just the absolute reason why it makes sense to think about what you're doing as as a business owner and as that ceo and as that perpetual learner and um and the legacy that you are creating i really really like that Mm -hmm. And I think also, as you're getting this information, as a student of these courses, it's really important to stay organized, like you mentioned. So let's talk about how to treat your business like a real business, like Let's get into that stuff. Cool. <laughs> I think we're both sitting here. If anybody could watch the video of us right now, you can see us. We're like two little kids saying, yes, let's do it. Let's do it. So what are your top tips for that? Well, I think it's important to keep your business organized, um, kind of a Marie Kondo of your business, if you will. I'm doing that to my house right now, and it's a chore, but you need to categorize stuff before you can really make a decision. And it happens with your email. Um, it happens with the information that comes in for your business. Maybe you have a bunch of contracts you're trying to keep a hold of. Um, maybe you're trying to figure out how to organize files that you worked with on your clients before. So one of the things also that I truly believe besides categorizing your documents and organizing things in that way is that you need to be able to be the CEO of your business. So it's important to set up SOPs, um, standard operating procedures for the things that you're doing so that if someone needed to step in to help you run your business, because eventually you will grow, uh, they need to have those processes in place and you need to know the processes they're going to follow so there is no gray area about how things are going to be run. Totally, totally. And by having those operating procedures, you then have boundaries as to what, how long an assignment can take. You know, let's say that it's, okay, this is the SOP for sending an email to your list. This is the process we go through. These are step by step and by step. And you know that after X amount of times of doing it, that it's going to take you two 45 minute blocks. Mm -hmm. And you've got that scheduled out and you know that that's what it's going to take. Then if all of a sudden you're sitting there and saying, hey, why did this take me an hour and 30 minutes? I was just following this. Oh, well, I got stuck here. 
oh, I got a Facebook message and I was still running the clock on that email marketing. You know, so it helps you to stay more organized and to get more accomplished and to create time to learn and to use, read those courses and <laughs> read those books and, you know, and, and consume other stuff. And so I totally see like the relationship between being more organized and having standard operating procedures and everything else we want to do in our businesses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we have to realize too, that we can't be everything to everyone because that's just crazy making. And I'm a big advocate of mental health, especially with entrepreneurs. So we need to find ways to make our lives easier. Um, like I said, there is no magic bullet, but if you're able to find the balance and create boundaries with yourself and then be able to develop a team so that they also know their roles, it's going to free up so much more time for creativity for you to come up with more ideas for your business and other ways to help other people. So um, if you want some resources on outsourcing to incredible people, I also have that information. Cool. Well, we'll definitely, I'm all about it. Um, and I think that sharing, sharing the information is great. If you want to share it now, that's fine. If you want to share it in the show notes or if someone wants to contact you and gets that, that's totally fine too. Well, I will share it now. Um, cool. If you're looking for an incredible VA, I would, without hesitation, hire someone from Priority VA. Um, Priority VA, it, they have very high standards for their virtual assistants, and they do, they're like unicorns. They do incredible things. They're able to handle tech. They're able to handle social. A lot of these people can even emulate you after a while. They get in your head, and they help you run your business so that you can focus on what you really need to do to grow. It's just incredible. But there's no harm in asking for help. And I truly believe that in order to treat your business as if it's a real business and you are the CEO, you have to know what you can delegate and what you can do yourself. And when you know, like, okay, this is what's a good use of my time and I'm going to let this person in their zone of genius handle that, it makes everything move so much easier. Totally, totally. I mean, that's why we have service providers. That's mm -hmm. why you come to me for your tech needs or why you go to your, I mean, you wouldn't go to a massage therapist and ask for um, a diagnosis. You wouldn't go to a landscaper and ask them to clean your pool. I mean, they might, but that's not their zone of genius. So it's the same kind of thing when it comes to outsourcing in your business. Going to the right person and knowing what the right person is, is is really, really valuable for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, like yourself, you're kind of a unicorn in the, in the digital area. You can do a lot of things. So you have a lot of zones of genius and that's totally okay to be those people. Those people do exist. Um, but, you know, if you're looking for an amazing VA, that's a pretty good place to go. I love that. I think that it's really valuable to know. And I know that um, anybody who works for, uh, you know, a highly reputable um, organization like that and, you know, or, or you know, has their um, services listed under that, it's a great way to be assured that you're not just getting, you know, hiring somebody fly by night. So mm -hmm. I like I like that idea. There's some vetting that goes into it for sure. Mm -hmm, for sure. And then coming to you for the tech, like 
why wouldn't they come to you for the tech? You're an <laughs> expert at it. You're amazing at it. So yeah, I urge you, if you're listening, go to Jamie for the tech. She's really, really good. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. That was not necessary, but I really appreciate it. And everyone knows that I just love to make your tech work more efficiently. So let's talk a little bit about the tech to stay organized, because I think yes. that would be a really great place for us to, to take this conversation. Absolutely. So there's online organization and there's on your computer organization. So there's on your computer, you have to have files, local files. You can't do everything in the cloud. And I'm curious to know if you have any strategies for what to keep on your computer locally versus in the cloud. I would say if you're keeping documents locally, it's something that you need um, well, gosh, that's a really good question. I mean, <laughs> essentially, you could put everything in Dropbox or into a Google Drive and be able to access it from anywhere. If you work with a Mac like I do, you can share desktops. Um, so even if it's on your desktop, then you could share it to your other device, which is pretty handy. So I guess if you don't want to fill up your Dropbox or your Google Drive, put it on your own computer. But I kind of I kind of live in all three places, even though we were talking about being organized. There's certain things in Dropbox and certain things in Google Drive, and it just works. Then let's talk about it. I mean, I know way back last summer, I did an episode here, and I'll have a link for that in the show notes because I cannot remember off the top of my head what number it was. But it was all about cloud storage and what the, you know, I'm just kind of thinking about where, where things live and why they live there and how to create some organization within those. So let's go to those cloud storage systems and why you may use Dropbox for some things and Google Drive for others. Okay, so for Google Drive, I find it especially handy if you're working with team members that you can create those living SOPs or standard operating procedures as they change directly in the Google Drive. So that's easy for your team members to access. And as things change, it gets updated right away. Um, things like your freebies, maybe you have a lot of freebies or content that are in PDF format. That's what I would put over into Dropbox. Maybe there's photos for social media that don't need to be accessible by your team, um, or even, gosh, I think I have like 3,000 pictures from one of my particular photo shoots. Those live in Dropbox. There's no reason for them to be a living document in Google. So that's kind of how I use things. I feel like the living documents are more easily accepted, accessed, not accepted. They're more easily accessed through the Google Drive. That makes really good sense. So what I'm hearing is it's all about the access. Okay, so Dropbox has some great features to it. It's got some really, um, per, you know, uh, permissions that you can you can share certain folders, and it's really effective for disseminating. Whereas mm -hmm. I think um, Google Drive is a lot better for collaborating. That's kind of how yeah. I'm finding it for myself. I mean, I know with the podcast, all of the show notes live in Google Drive. All of the artwork for the podcast lives in Google Drive because mm -hmm. that's a place that everybody who needs access to them can easily modify them and we don't have to really worry about anything beyond knowing who has access to that folder. Yeah, and it's a great way to track who is in the document, who last edited. Uh, I really think that using the Google Drive is helpful for that. Um, even when you're 
producing your own podcast. Like you said, all the documents are there. You can see who's coming up next, if they've been sent an email. I mean, you can organize things with Excel in there. It's just an incredible way to keep everything in its place and Mm -hmm. not overcluttered. Yes, yes. So when, I mean, as business owners, we opt into freebies somewhat regularly. We get downloads from people somewhat regularly. Do you have any strategies that are have proven helpful for you with keeping that stuff organized? And, you know, I'm even thinking of, okay, so how do I consume this content and file it away for maybe never looking at it again or looking at it in six months or things like that? Because, I mean – your files that you have on your computer and in the cloud are only going to help you if they can be retrieved and looked at again and, you know, and used. Mm -hmm. Well, with email especially, that can fill up really quickly when we're opting into everything possible on the internet. Maybe it's because you're curious. Maybe it's because you want to maybe develop something off of what that person did. I mean, for a number of reasons, it gets to the point where your inbox is so incredibly cluttered and full that there are 7,000 anxiety inducing emails in there and you don't know what to do. So yeah, organizing them into folders, maybe you create a folder that's like titled freebies, and then you have a filter that comes in for specific names that the freebies can go in there or you just categorize them on their own. I like to use Gmail because it does make that organization pretty easy. And if you get to the point where you have 7,000 emails, just go archive them. That's going to cause you more stress. You're never going to be able to get through them. You're just going to be living in email and that's not going to be beneficial for your business. And then start fresh and create those folders of these are the things I need to tend to right now. These are the things that I might read on a lazy Sunday. just really create those folders so it works for you, but don't keep them in your inbox. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I totally, totally agree. And one of the things that I would have to say is if you have a folder that is read on a lazy Sunday, set an expiration date on that and give mm-hmm. yourself a an SOP, a, you know, a standard operating procedure that I am going to go in the last Sunday of every month and clear out anything that was from the prior month so that at most you have two months worth of data in there. You have two months worth of things. So like, I mean, when, you know, if it's the last Sunday of the month, you'll clear out everything from the month prior so that you have just stuff from that month. And then the following month, you'll have, you'll be at a point where you're not looking at a folder that has 6,000 items in it. You're looking at a folder that has at most 60 days worth of information in it. I think that that to me feels so refreshing. It makes me feel like I can do this. I can do this by myself. I don't need to have someone processing my emails for me. I can handle it. And that's really the goal with these tech tools is setting it up for success whenever possible. Yeah, absolutely. Make it easy for yourself. If you get to a point, though, where you just don't want to handle email, there are resources for that as well. Um, Do you want me to share my other resources? (laughs) You're absolutely welcome to. I've been in this industry for, gosh, over four years now, and there are many ways of making your life easier. But Inbox Done is an incredible company with Yarrow. 
I'm sure many of you listening probably know who Yarrow is, but he has a company called Inbox Done, and all they do is email. So if you find yourself so overwhelmed with email, that might be a good option. Um, but yeah, like you said, you don't want to go through 6,000 emails. That's just not humanly possible. So number one, stop opting into everything because you're going to see a lot of repeats out there, especially in the online space. There are a lot of things that are very similar. Um, I would also go in and create an Enroll Me and maybe take certain people that you want to be subscribed to and put them into that Enroll Me if you don't want to have all of that filling up your inbox and unsubscribe from those people that you haven't really read anything from because it's not really serving their email list and it's not serving you with all the information over flooding your inbox. I think that is the perfect way for us to wrap this up because it is so actionable. If you aren't familiar with Unroll Me, I'll have a link for that in the show notes so that you guys can take a look at that and understand what that's all about for sure. So Jessica, if people have been listening and are like, oh my goodness, I need to stop with all of these courses or I need to learn more about what Jessica was saying about SOPs. How can they get in touch with you and where do you like to hang out online? Well, they can follow me on Instagram. It's Instagram at power of brilliance. Um, that's the name of my company, power of brilliance coaching. And then they can also find me at jessicawayman.com on Facebook at Jessica Wayman coach, but I tend to hang out more on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Yes, Instagram's where I love to hang out as well. Uh, so I know that you've listened to a few of the episodes of the podcast. So you know that you are getting a little bit of a curveball question right now. Something to make us all think and just to be inspired as we go about the rest of our days. And Jessica, for you, I would really love to know or for you to share with us that one standard operating procedure or SOP that you've developed in your business that came out of the blue that just like it makes so much sense now but it was like huh and then you just kind of went and created it and it like it's just making the world of difference <laughs> there isn't just one there's just so many that <laughs> I've created so I can't actually answer that I think the biggest thing is just getting really clear on the information that's coming into your vision, whether it's in your inbox, um, whether it's looking at things on Facebook, um, just figure out your own process for filtering out what's important to you and then go take action on what you need to take action on. And um, stop just collecting information. Hoarding is not really that cute. <laughs> I think that was a perfect answer and it really sums up the entire gist of our conversation from talking about the courses all the way through the SOPs, all the way through the organization and back and forth again. So Jessica, thank you so much for coming on the Tech of Business podcast today. This has been really, really insightful and I cannot wait to hear what the Tech of Business community has to say about this episode. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to the Tech of Business podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, share, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Overcast, or wherever you download your favorite shows. You can also check out the show notes and learn more about me at techofbusiness.com. I'll see you next week.